guys, welcome to the Northway College podcast. I am Ryan Knapp, and I'm our college pastor here at Northway Church. And you are listening to our Rejoice series. This is week three or episode three in our series where we're discussing the different commands in Scripture that we see um, that where God has commanded us to rejoice in certain things. Uh, for this episode, we are uh, talking about rejoicing in God's Word. Now, last episode, we really built the foundation of this whole series, and the foundation of everything we talked about was rejoicing in the Lord, and that all these other different topics we'll talk about, it all leads back to rejoicing in the Lord. There are different avenues through which we can rejoice in Him. And so, for this week, we're discussing rejoicing in God's Word, and in our home teams, we talked a little bit about it and said, okay, what do you think of when you hear God's word? Like when you hear that phrase, God's word, what kind of thoughts come to your mind, feelings, what comes to your mind? And uh, we talked about for some people, you just think a bunch of rules, you think law, um, you think different stories, um, maybe you think a burden, you think boring, um, some people think, you know, voice from God. Um, there, there's a bunch of different uh, feelings we'll have when we hear that phrase. Um, but we see in Scripture that we're called to rejoice in God's Word. And so we have to kind of establish what is the Word of God. And so what we're referring to uh, for this series is the written down, expressed Word of God. We're talking about Bi- the Bible, God's holy uh, Scriptures. And so, like we said uh, from the beginning, rejoicing in God's Word is just another avenue through which we can rejoice in God. And so, the, the big picture question that we addressed in our home team, in our home teams, is why is God's Word even worth rejoicing in? Why should we rejoice in God's Word? And the scripture that we keyed in on was Psalm 119. Now, Psalm 119 is the longest passage in uh, scripture. It's an extremely long chapter uh, in the Psalms. And so we didn't read the whole thing, but we did encourage our students to, to go and, and read it for themselves. And so I would encourage you to do the same thing. Uh, take some time to read it. Um, but what we did uh, with addressing this question, why is God's word worth rejoicing in? We hit different uh, reasons that uh, are seen in Psalm 119. And so I'm going to hit some of the highlights. Um, I'm not going to spend as much time as we did in our home teams. Um, I'll hit some of the highlights and some of the main points. This is not an exhaustive list. This is not every single reason why we should rejoice in God's word, why it's worth rejoicing in. These are just some of the the, the big picture highlights uh, that we see, and then specifically what we see in Psalm 119 as well. And so we're going to go through these and, and hit the highlights, and then I'll, I'll try to tie it all together uh, at the end of the episode. So the, the, first, uh, the first highlight was it strengthens us. It strengthens us. In verse 28 of Psalm 119, it says, I am weary from grief. Grief, Strengthen me for, through your word. So we see that God's word gives us strength. Um, when we're feeling weak, when we're feeling weary, we can be strengthened and encouraged through God's word. Um, 
another thing it does is it leads us to obedience. Um, which one, that, that kind of brings a question, like why should we desire to be obedient to God's commands? And kind of the, the boiled down big picture reason for that is obedience is just another way through which we can rejoice in the Lord. He's given us different commands not to steal our joy, but to actually give us joy. And the way, or one of the biggest ways to, to follow in obedience is through reading God's word. Um, a couple of the verses in Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, I have treasured your word in, your, in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Verse 29, keep me from the way of deceit and graciously give me your instruction. Um, verse 35 says, help me stay on the path of your commands for I take pleasure in it. So all these verses talk about how we see uh, the instruction and the, the commands given in God's word. So it helps us understand them. Um, you, can't, you can't hope to follow in obedience if you don't even know what's commanded of you. And so uh, in scripture, we find God's expressed commands. Um, the other way it leads us into obedience, which is, is really cool, is it's alive and it's active. It searches our hearts and it reveals the sin in us. Uh, in Hebrews 4, 12 through 13, it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating us, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so, the, the, uh, what that scripture is saying is that as we read God's word, it acts almost like a, a surgeon's scalpel. It cuts down to the very fiber of who we are. It, it discerns and separates between our fleshly desires and then uh, the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And so we can, it reveals the sin in us and it helps us separate our, uh, from the sin within us. Um, and so God's word is alive. It's active. It searches us. That It, it helps lead us to obedience and then what we see in first timothy 3 16 through 17 is that all scripture is inspired by god and is profitable for teaching for rebuking for correcting for training in righteousness so that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work so god's word is is profitable for teaching rebuking correcting training all these different things it helps us uh, follow in obedience the other thing that the word of god does is it gives us hope in verse 49 of Psalm 119, it says, Remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. Uh, verse 74, Those who fear you will see me and rejoice, for I put my hope in your word. And verse 81, it says, I long for your salvation. I put my hope in your word. So the word of God, through God's expressed commands in Scripture, we find hope. Uh, we find our confidence for the day to come. Uh, what the Word of God does is it reveals God's promises, and in His promises, we have hope. And then the other thing it does is it gives us life. S reading Scripture gives us life. Uh, in verse 25 of 119, it says, My life is down in the dust. Give me life through your Word. Verse 93 says, I will never forget your precepts, for you have given me life through them. Verse 154 says, champion my cause and redeem me. Give me life as you promised. And so when you read the word of God, it gives you life. What do I mean by that? It gives you a vibrance. It gives you a purpose and direction. 
Think of someone who is going through life without purpose, without any direction. You would say they have a lack of life. And so reading God's word gives you uh, it gives you a purpose, it gives you a direction in life, gives you meaning. And when you have those things, there's a vibrancy about you. There's just a life uh, about you. Um, and it gives you joy as you uh, uh, learn to love the Lord and you learn to follow His commands and obedience. That gives you a joy. And when you're joyful, you have life within you. So reading God's Word gives you life. But it also comforts us. Reading God's Word uh, brings us comfort. In verse 50 it says, of Psalm 119, it says, This is my comfort in, in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. In verses 76 through 77, it says, May your faithful love comfort me as you promised your servant. May your compassion come to me that I might live, for your instruction is my delight. See, as you read throughout Scripture, what you're doing is you are learning the heart of God. You're learning the character of God of God. And what you'll find is God's heart is for you. That God deeply loves you and cares for you. And so as you read God's word and as you learn his heart, you find comfort in it. And then it also it teaches us wisdom and discernment. In verse uh, 66 of 119, it says, Teach me good judgment and discernment, for I rely on your commands. Verse 130 says, The revelation of your words brings light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. And so, just on a practical level, as we read Scripture, uh, especially when we read like the wisdom literature of Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Job, we God grants us wisdom. Um, we learn what the wisdom of God is, what it looks like. We learn how to uh, contrast that against the uh, wisdom of the world. Um, so as we read the wisdom literature, we gain insight, we gain wisdom. Um, and then also as we uh, read the real life circumstances of real people in a real time period, we can observe and learn from those experiences. We see the mistakes that were made, we see the things that were done right and, and how it plays out. And so scripture leads us and teaches us wisdom and discernment. It also gives us an abundant peace. And verse 165 says, Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. And so what scripture does as you read it, it points us to peace that comes from knowing God and trusting in his commands. That when the world seems uncertain, we can find certainty in the word of God. That when it seems chaotic, we can find that peace in the written down expressed commands of God, in his expressed word, learning his character, learning his nature, trusting in his promises. And then finally, it's eternal forever true and never unchanging uh, in verses 89 through 91 of 119 of psalm 119 it says lord your word is forever it is firmly fixed in heaven your faithfulness is for all generations you established the earth and it stands firm your judgment stand firm today for all things are your servants 142 says your righteousness is in everlasting righteousness and your instruction is true and then 160 says, the entirety of your word is true. Each of your righteous judgments endures forever. And so we can just rest in the fact that God's word is true and never changing. 
And that's such good news for us. In a world that is constantly changing, in a world that we feel like we can't really trust anything to stay the same as it is, we can trust in the unchanging Word of God. That when it was written all those years ago, it was good for that people, but it was also written for us as well, and it's good for us as well. And so we can trust that it's unchanging. We don't have to worry about it meaning one thing today and then completely changing its meaning tomorrow. We trust in that. And so as you read scriptures, it, it does all these different things for us. And ultimately, like I said, the what the Word of God allows for us is it allows us to know God and to know His character and then to delight in His beauty. That's the ultimate goal of scripture. Because what you'll see and what uh, all these different things that we talked about, about it being unchanging, about the peace, about the wisdom, discernment, about comfort, uh, the hope, about the life-giving, um, the strength, all those things, what, what it points us to is the overall narrative of Scripture, which is that we are broken sinners deserving of the wrath of God, but God loves us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross. Um, but He doesn't stay dead. He arises from, arises from the grave in victory, saying and that whoever puts their faith and trust in Him, they can be redeemed. And so this whole book, all of God's word, all of God's scripture is pointing to this love story of God, of him redeeming his broken people who sinned against him. It's a redemption story. And so we can find all these things because of Jesus. And that's what scripture points to is Jesus. It all points to, to Jesus. It's all about him. Um, now, all these things, I, th- I think we, we can see the the how essential it is for us to read the Word of God. Um, We can see um, that it's beneficial for us. We can see the reasons why we will rejoice in the Word of God. Um, But it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Um, It doesn't mean that uh, it's always something that you're just going to want to do. Um, You have to put in the work. Uh, the good example is, is marriage. Marriage is something that is well worth it. It is great. It's a great joy. But it doesn't mean that every single day is easy. Um, it means you have to put in the work. Now, that doesn't mean there's any less love in the marriage. It just means it takes work, work, but it's worth it. And so the same thing with Scripture. Our desire for you guys, for our students, or for anyone who is listening to this, is that you would delight in the Word of God that you would absolutely fall in love with reading Scripture. Um, but I want to give you some practical steps in that. Um, I, I want to help you do that because it, not every single day it, it's not just going to necessarily appear in you where you just want to do this. So we have to create some practical steps with the goal of knowing that um, this is what's objective, objectively best for you. So the first step is just just read it. You've got to read it. You spend time daily reading the Word of God. Make a habit out of it. Um, and there's going to be times where you're going to have to force yourself to do it. Now, I want to be careful here because I'm not teaching you to be legalistic. I'm not saying you force yourself to read God's Word because that's how you earn God's love. Because you don't work for grace, you work from grace. You don't have to earn the love of God, you have the love of God. And so out of that love of God, then you create these spiritual disciplines, these habits of reading God's Word. Um, you, there will be times where you're just going to have to force yourself to read. You don't want to do it. You don't feel like it. You're tired. 
There's other things you'd rather do, but you're going to have to force yourself to do it. And you're not doing it to earn love. You're doing it because you know that reading God's word is what's best for you. You know that you're going to find true joy in doing it. So you have to create that habit of reading, even when you don't necessarily want to. Um, But then beyond just reading it, you need to meditate on it. Spend time throughout the day thinking about God's word. Uh, Commit some of it to memory. Uh, Dwell on it throughout the day. Uh, Focus on it. Let it come up in conversation. As you read it, find ways to to think about it throughout the day, whether it be reminders on your phone, whether it be uh, written down reminders kind of posted around your house, apartment, dorm, or in your car. Spend time to think about God's uh, word. Dwell on it. Meditate on it. Commit it to memory. And then ultimately, which is the goal of all of this, is live it out. Um, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word, as James would say. Uh, James gives the illustration of a man who looks in a mirror, but then leaves and changes nothing. That's not that that that's uh, foolish. When you look into a mirror, you look to see kind of what's going on. You fix your hair, and then you you leave. You don't just leave it the same way. He said, uh, "Those who hear the word but don't do the word are like the man who look in the mirror, but then forget what they look like, and they don't change anything." So as you read scripture. What it does is it, it reflects and shows you the, the things in your life that are not of God, that shows you the brokenness in your own life. And so then you, you, you be a doer of the Word. You leave and you change things because of what the Word has showed you. Um, you do it from a place of grace. You allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. You're not just reading it for the sake of reading. You're reading it for the sake of it coming alive in your life. So don't just be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer. Put it into practice. But again, our ultimate desire for you guys is that you would just fall in love with the Word of God. Um, get in a reading plan with some friends to help you keep you accountable. Um, download the Bible app. Do, do things that uh, set yourself up for success. But you've got to start this habit because it, it will change you. If you will read God's Word um, and you'll put in the time and the discipline to do that, you will eventually delight in God's word and you will fall in love with God's word. And when you are doing that, you are falling in love with the Lord more because through God's word is another way in which you can rejoice in the Lord. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was beneficial for you. Hope it was encouraging for you. And I hope you really will put this into practice and begin to take steps to to uh, spend time each day in scripture, even if it's just for a few minutes to start with, just create that habit. Um, And I don't think you'll regret it. Um, If this was good for you, I hope that you'll share it with your friends and share it on your social media and stay tuned in throughout the rest of the series.